got to be something going. Okay, there we go. <sighs> Don't edit that out. Just let that, just let that go. <laughs> Hello, winners, and welcome once again to the Wrong Button Podcast, the show where we talk all things nerd, most things video games, and generally anything that tickles our fancy. Tyler, two in a row. Yeah, hey. How is everybody? Uh, we said that we were going to push this out uh, after Ahsoka episodes, which you can catch on uh, Disney Plus at 9 p.m. on Tuesday evenings. On you're, Tuesdays? Yep. Yeah. That's, that's you're you're welcome for the plug, Disney. All right. I'll expect my check in the mail. Yeah, great episode three. Uh, in my opinion, I think uh, everything kind of everybody settled in uh, was a long two episode premiere last week. And here we are with the shortest of short episode threes. This was this was barely over a Clone Wars episode. Yeah, crim- criminally short, by the way. Uh, so here, here's the thing, especially last week. So, guys, I, I. I will endeavor to not have another two hour podcast unless we have a two hour finale, in which case deal with it. You'll get a two hour podcast, if not longer. Um, hey, I enjoyed listening to myself. I, I listened to it because you said it was good. Mrs. Play listened to it. I had friends that listened to it. They were like, hey, that was actually a really good podcast. So shout out to you all. Um, but I Wait, was, should, shouldn't I get all the thanks here? I'm the one on the podcast. I mean, you should. You get a lot of the thanks. Yeah. You are okay. carrying it. All right. Listen, everybody out there, it, it's all me. It's not you. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but one of the things I have to say that I, I enjoyed about this podcast being so short, and we were talking about a bit upstairs, was this is a podcast where we can now kind of go into detail theories and really look at like what were they trying to say what are they trying to do what could go on in the future whereas the last one was like recap talk about some things but we're going through the motions of, of ahsoka of we're, ahsoka those episodes. yeah we're in the meat and the potatoes of the uh of the series now i mean this is episode three so here we are um what did you initial thoughts about uh ahsoka episode three surprisingly short could have done it last night <laughs> Sorry, uh, inside joke upstairs with me canceling because I was tired. Uh, I'm. I enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed a lot of the details. I thought they were fantastic. I have a bone to pick with Dave Filoni about something. Um, and Dave, if you, if you do ever listen to this podcast, uh, I, I, I demand a solid answer. Um, but uh, I'm back to being nervous about Sabine being force sensitive. I have a theory, okay, but that that has honestly now kind of come up, and I I do have a, a working theory though right now for what's going to happen. Okay, and what for sensitivity is? We're getting into theories now. I like we're going to get into theories. Um, I loved the training sequence with Huang to like start off the episode. You know, you don't live to be 25,000 years old without a boatload of sass in oh. you. And uh, if there's anything that Star Wars does well, it's sassy droids. Because, oh, every droid on this show, on this show, on every show to ever exist, they just have that, like, you know, that that uh, that sass wire in them. I think BD is the only sassless droid. BD is just a national treasure. He is. Lo- I love BD1. Uh yeah, no. So opening up on that on that training scene uh, between Sabine, Huang, and Ahsoka was giving me massive uh, um, 
A New Hope vibes when Obi Wan's training Luke for the first time on mm-hmm. the on the Falcon. And uh, yeah, you know, I thought that um, I thought that it had a lot of callbacks to A New Hope. Sabine was getting her uh, her ass kicked in true Mandalorian fashion. She it looked like she was fighting more as a Mandalorian, less like a a Jedi Padawan. Um, it was I thought it was interesting. Uh, Huang had a lot of very choice words for how the training was going. I think he used poorly in there. Uh, but what were what were your thoughts about it? So one I, when I first saw it, so Huang is in there and we, we see and it's a Huang has what looks like four lightsabers that he's holding. And I was like, are you going for General Grievous? <laughs> it looked like it didn't. And I was like, I was like, is this is this how General Grievous kind of got the idea to do four arms? He ripped it off from Huang. Yeah, that's I, I'm wondering if that's going to be like kind of tied into it somewhere, <laughs> uh, like a throwaway line later. Yeah, I saw a lot of people making uh, making Grievous jokes. However, with that being said, what so uh, Sabine is is catching back up with her training. She's going through forms. And it looks like she's going, they have different stances for her to see which one she uses best. Um, which, so I actually have next to me, I have the book, The Path of the Jedi, and The Book of the Sith. Um, which were, I think these got canoned because they have Ahsoka in them mm-hmm. and they are now back to being canon. But they, they had, a, I think they had a time where they were not canon. Because it was right when the acquisition happened and yeah. we weren't sure like what was actually going to go on there. But with all the references in here to, or in I'm tapping on Path of the Jedi uh, to Ahsoka, to Anakin, how like they train and different things like that. I think it pretty much has to be canon. Um, but that being said, so they went through uh, that training and one of the. Let me try to think about how to say this. Did you notice anything in particular at the end of it when uh, Ahsoka said, hey, you're done doing this training for right now, and uh, Huang held up the four lightsabers? Did you notice something? Uh, I noticed it almost looked like there were metrics that she needed to hit that weren't visible. Or is that is that where you're, what you're getting at? That's where I'm getting at. So um, I don't know. This can be like me super nerding out. Um, the philosophy for episode four, when lightsabers were originally created by George Lucas, mm-hmm. they were projected to be very heavy because it was like a generator to hold a lightsaber yes, in your yeah. hand. That that was in, um, almost in uh, the storyboards for A New Hope, was it not? I think so, yeah. Um, and, you know, point of your eye when you get this ancient weapon held at you. Um, Classic Skywalker move. But... They weren't the brightest family. They weren't. <laughs> I'd rather fall to the abyss than continue this conversation with you. <laughs> Most Skywalker thing ever. Um, but so what happens is you see how the slashes are in there. And one of the biggest complaints, I think this is setting up for the sequel trilogy is everyone's like the lightsabers aren't cutting people in half. They're not doing all this stuff, but they were doing it all back in the day. Like they were cutting through things. Yeah. One of my theories as to, Hey, why, why is Ray not good with the lightsaber? Why is Ben Solo meh with a lightsaber, right? I think it is is because Ray she she grabs the lightsaber and she holds it and she doesn't realize what she's swinging with. 
she swings with like this assess in essence the flat side of a blade yep and so it's it's a laser it's still gonna cut but it's not gonna be as effective so what i think was happening is what we couldn't see was when sabine was swinging down she was making motions like you would do if you were to cut a tatami mat with a katana Mm -hmm. where you have to come in a very particular angle but if you do it well you can start at the top and work your way down up and down with the slight swipes so i was like oh this is like tatami training and he's going these are your angles this is with the blade here's your inefficiencies where it wouldn't work and i was so excited to see that it's a great theory uh actually never really thought about it like that i always looked at just maybe they were having more issues with lightsabers as you got further away from standardized Jedi training, uh, great force imbalances, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Obviously, Obi Wan didn't have that. Uh, didn't have that problem when he was slicing Anakin's limbs off. So, <laughs> on Mustafar. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was like, yeah. I was like, I, just... I, I was referencing back in the day, but got it. Yeah, the entire training sequence I loved. Uh, Huang, if you ever need brutal honesty in your life, just, I don't know, hire a Huang impersonator. They'll really, you know, put you down to your core, break you down. Any insecurity that you have, that droid sees it. So, And I'm going to call it out in front of your master. And this is, I think what that training sequence really set up early in the episode was that Ahsoka is trying to get Sabine to come around to her way of training her. And if you know anything about training Mandalorians and Huang, uh, pretty sure said this in the episode too, there aren't very many Mandalorian Jedis throughout history. And you wonder why, because that entire planet produces nothing but hard headed Mandalorian warriors. That's what they do. That's their, that's their trade. You need somebody hard headed who won't listen to you. Go to Mandalore. Not even just Mandalore, the Mandalore system really. Um, honestly, I can only think of one Mandalorian who was a Jedi, and that was um, Tar Vizsla, the creator of the Darksaber. The oh, o- Mandalore, like, yeah, the yeah, origin, yeah. The only Mandalorian Jedi I, I know of. I'm sure there's others floating around. I'm not sure if they're in canon, but... I think he was the first. Yeah, he was the first, but I don't know any of the other, like any other Mandalorians who joined the Order after that. <laughs> I, I think that's going to start to come up. Like, hope so. Like, Soka's gonna be like, this person was a Mandalorian. It's like, oh, I never knew. They didn't. And it's like, that's because they, they thought this. And it's also because the Jedi Order robbed children that's from their true cradles, too. basically. So, did they ever really have a chance to become a Mandalorian? I think that. But, you know, in this new galaxy, in this new era with the New Republic, you know, stealing kids from their home worlds is frowned upon. Yes. Don't do it. Now. Don't tell the First Order that, though, because, you know, they... <laughs> I say frowned upon as if there's not this order building in the unknown region stealing they kids from their cradles. Like, did what the Jedi did and then just trained them to be Mandalorians. Yeah, that's all they did. Yeah. Jesus Christ, it's horrible. Yeah, um, try not to think about that. Anyway, <laughs> so now going back to that, uh, I, I, I want to finish up with the training sequence and then I think we'd branch out from there. Yep. <clears throat> going back to that, the next thing that we did was Ahsoka did. It had a name. And I can't remember what the name is, right? The, uh, was it Katochi? Katochi. And, and, uh, Huang goes, she's not ready for that, which is our name for, I'm guessing, blind training. Yes. And it's actually a callback to, uh, 
some Jap. I think it's like a Japanese warrior back in back in the day. I'm not ex- sure the time frame, but um, somebody was telling me about that today. So, oh, that's, that's fine. It's where I'm gonna end up taking us to too, oh, well. as well. Yeah, uh, I don't. I know what you're talking about, but I'll, I'll jumping read. To conclusions. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I will. I will read uh, that to you. Um, so Ahsoka was doing uh, the Force resides in everyone. And so this is where I'm going to get to. I remember last time I said, hey, you said force users and force wielders. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, there's a difference. Just because I can push you with the force when I'm like angry or, or like something, I would not say I'm a force wielder. wielder yeah. Sure, I can kind of use it, but can I really? Um, what I think that they were doing is they were calling to uh, Donnie Young. Um, yeah, Donnie Yen, uh, character from rogue one yeah i'm one with the force the force is with me he's blind he's able to fight so i think it's almost like okay well what do we do with the kids who are are decent force users but they're never gonna be because like i don't even think if we ever learned that like the i thought the temple guard who became the grand inquisitor was not a very strong force user i don't think he was but he didn't still, seem like it anyway, but he still had a very prominent job within the Jedi. So like maybe he could sense the force, maybe he could feel the force. However, he couldn't use it. I don't know. I felt like those temple guards were always kind of putting in their nine to fives of the Jedi. Like, you know, you have all these Jedi going on missions and finding important artifacts. And then you got the guys guarding the temple, you know? Yeah. And, you know, what happens to me? Piss him off. Well, someone walks into the temple. So. There is a term called Setsui no Hara. Okay. Which, uh, for any of you guys who play Street Fighter, is what Ryu deals with. It translates almost literary, literary, literally to murderous intent. But it can also kind of just be any intent at all. You know when you kind of walk up behind somebody and you, you, like you feel them like, hey, your excitement, I can, I can feel it radiating off of you? Yeah. I think that's what Ahsoka is going for. And when she says, I think there was a massive red herring. So they do the training mm-hmm. and Ahsoka just walks around and pokes Sabine. And they do a great job at being like, where are you? You're over there next to Huang. And then she goes, well, am I? And she's immediately on the other side of her. And it was one of those things like, that's not fair. Like That's it. common Ahsoka. Hijinks, yeah. And it was really good. And she walks around and she just pokes and lets Sabine like, you know, swipe, slash, and use her form, lets her at least execute the moves, because that's going to build muscle memory. But, there is a, there was a, uh, a master samurai called Miyamoto Musashi, who killed uncountable numbers of people in uncountable numbers of battle. So there's an entire manga called Vagabond, it's fantastic, it never gets, it's never going to be finished, but it's all about this samurai's life where he would go out and battles began for him being won in one or two moves. That's why the fight against Darth Maul with Obi-Wan was so powerful because Obi-Wan does the most minimalistic movement, immediately takes out Darth Maul. Ahsoka, when she kills the bird Inquisitor guy, she doesn't even have a lightsaber. She uses very minimal movement and kills him. What I think she is... Ahsoka is getting Sabine to do and I think this is where the red herring came in is 
I want you to master yourself. And when you do that, you'll feel the force. You'll be able to feel the force in other people because you will be calm and still within it. Mm -hmm. And it will make you a better fighter to fight more like a Jedi. I'm right there with you because I, everybody goes through an inner turmoil. And for those who are on our planet and they're like, the force exists in some sort of way shape or form we just can't feel it because we're humans we have so much going on in our lives we have this there are very few of us who feel peace i'd i'd like to wager and if you do then congrats to you 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 jerk enjoyed it how do you get that anyway uh i think i think you're leading in the right direction uh and i think this actually contrasts quite well with what luke is trying to build and again, I'm going to just bring this up. The fact that here's Luke, you know, Ahsoka and Huang are out here having this grand adventure, trying to stop another war from happening. And then there's Luke struggling to build his Jedi school. It's like moving some rocks around, you know, trying his best. And I just go back and I think maybe Huang should be with Luke at the moment. Who, who would, who would be more helpful than Huang? The, the, uh, the droid, who has a catalog of every Jedi lightsaber ever built, who's been around for countless generations of the order, who would, wouldn't you think that maybe that like he, he would be more helpful to Luke in that instance instead of Ahsoka. But Hey, I, Huang goes where Huang wants to. So, uh, but yeah, no, the entire training sequence I thought was great. I loved Huang's, comedy throughout it all he was right i don't think sabine's ready for the training that ahsoka's been putting her through and i think that gets proven right immediately after when they drop into hyperspace or drop out of hyperspace i guess or were they in hyperspace when they got Hera's transmission i think they were like just dropping out of hyper they dropped out of hyperspace really early yes for standard jedi protocol and then they uh pickles and then they they got that they got that transmission um and so i think this is why huang is actually not with luke i think huang is with ahsoka because luke isn't a real jedi in huang's eyes either come on i mean we're going to have this debate at the end, but Ahsoka, I think, is a Jedi. She's formally trained. She knows and respects some of the... She respects teachings to a degree, <laughs> but she's also willing to be different, where I think Huang sees what Luke is doing, and Luke is not going to... Luke is going to follow the old ways meticulously i would say except for lightsaber training because luke would never have been taught how to like build the lightsaber and activate it that way because his first lightsaber was given to him and his second one was a cross between the light a lightsaber and obi-wan's lightsaber to yeah. build his um so i think that's why huang is with ahsoka's because that's where he's needing to do the most good. Do you think uh do you think we're gonna get that that uh that conversation from Huang? 
the conversation that we're having now is like, why is he not with Luke versus why is, is he with Ahsoka? Do you think that's ever going to come up in the show? Or do you think it's just too much going on with with Ahsoka, Sabine, Hera, the, the Rebels crew um, as that there's not going to be time? Because I feel like everybody everybody should have that kind of question rattling around in their brain, in my opinion. I think choppers with Hera, so unless Hera comes back, or I think choppers with Hera, and unless Hera or someone else close friends with Chopper were to join the crew, that's when Huang would leave. No, oh, that's not what I'm I'm saying. I'm saying, are we going to get Luke's name brought up into any conversation regarding... I guess regarding Huang being with Ahsoka as opposed to being with Luke, could you see that being brought up in the show at all? Or because they go out of their way in the first episode to say that the Jedi order is extinct. Yes. However, Ahsoka knows very well that there is Luke's Jedi order trying to be brought up. Yes. And we just, are we just ignoring that in this show altogether? Or do you think there's going to be some, some sort of mention of it? I think if there's a mention, it's because, so I, the reason I think Huang is there is because you need a sassy droid. And Every, yeah. <laughs> don't, and otherwise Ahsoka is not going to have a sassy droid because R2's with Luke. C3PO's with, uh, presumably Han and Leia. I guess so. Yeah. Um, Probably with Leia. Uh, yeah, probably not with Han. If Han and Leia are even still together at this point, because, you know. They, they, they should be, yeah. yeah. Because I'm going to say that, that Ben's not even born yet. No, Ben should be born. Are you sure? Ben, yeah, Ben should be a kid around now. You got to think this is a few, like a few years post uh, Return of the Jedi. He should be a, a kid. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think Leia would be training while pregnant. Um, so I mean, she trains pretty close to after uh, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. So, so when you say kid, I'm pic- I'm picturing five, seven. Yeah. I'm picturing maybe three to four. Okay. Um, and it's not a lot of difference, but there's there, there's a reason I'm thinking that. We still don't have an exact date for the events I, I transpiring know, and right now. That is so annoying. That annoys me. Give us a timestamp. Come on, Dave. Dave. Yeah. God damn it. Come on, Dave. Um, but no, uh, back so, to the yeah, back to the episode. I think if Huang were to leave, mm-hmm. it would be to go to Luke, but we would need another sassy droid companion to maybe follow fill the void to fill the void. Um, Give and me I'm, Chopper any day of the week. No offense to Huang, Chopper is the most hilarious droid in the galaxy. That is true, but I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm dancing around why I'm saying what I'm saying until we get to there in the episode. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, the training happens, uh, and immediately after the training, we catch up with Hera, and Hera is not happy. No, Hera's rocking a pretty nice sleep, by the way. She is. I did love. I don't know if uh, like like so many other people out there. I am a big Star Wars ship nerd, uh, so to see a lot of Mount like Mon Calamari. Uh, vessels and transport. She's had yet a wings flying around. Some, I think some X wings were mixed in there too. I'm not sure if I saw them. I think a wings still my favorite. Yeah, a wings are so cool. They are, and they're at the staple of Hera's. Yes, you know Hera's command. Uh, yeah, so 
coming in with Hera, she jumps on a hollow call with Chancellor Mon Mothma. Great, yes. great to see Mon Mothma. I'm a big, I'm a fan of Mon Mothma as as a character. So, and and some of her, I guess it's a it's a like a Senate committee is is the best way to explain the uh, the senators with her. Yeah, it's probably like the Senate Arms Committee that we have. Yeah, is what I would have to guess. The Star Wars version of it. Yeah, the Senate we're lazy and don't want to do shit committee. Yeah, got it. <laughs> Glad to see some things never change. And so, you know, they have the they have the dialogue of talking about why Hera's making a request for a military fleet to undertake this operation to find Thrawn, find out what's going on in the Danab system. And Mon Mothma, who seems very taken aback that she's even talking about Thrawn, because as they mentioned in the first episode. Grand Admiral Thrawn was presumed to be dead at the Battle of Lothal. That's what happened. Uh, spoiler alert. Republic intelligence. He's not. He's not dead. I hate to break it to you. If I don't see a goddamn body and blood, it ain't dead. Exactly. Because that's how you get there was a body here a couple minutes ago. Fuck, of course there was. Yeah. They were dead, I swear. Um, Did you cut off the head? No. All right. Well. Yeah, so. Very interesting, very interesting dialogue uh, takes place between Hera, Mon Mothma, and her lovely, wonderful New Republic senators. How would you describe the New Republic senators with her? So Hera calls out the one that you were talking about, who's the father of the the protagonist in Resistance. Yes. And kind of does the uh, Hamilton to Thomas Jefferson thing, like, you know, don't lecture me about the war. You didn't fight in it while we were in the trench. You Great were Hamilton uh, reference, by the way. Yeah, Love that. Off getting high with the French. Harris sits there and calls him out. Yeah. Senator uh, Ziono for for those who haven't watched uh, Star Wars Resistance. Uh, great show. Kid show. Didn't last that long. Uh, set around the rise of the first, uh, first order. So right around the Force Awakens. That's where the show takes place. Okay. So you're dealing with the First Order by that time. Uh, father of the protagonist, uh, Kaz? Kaz. I haven't watched I, I probably need to watch it. Yeah. It's been a while. I'd have to brush up on it. But uh, that senator, um, Senator Ziono, is actually somebody who has been in in Star Wars. And I'm, t- I'm with Hera here. It's hard, to, it's hard to talk to somebody who hasn't experienced being in a war and especially as somebody who fought in it like Hera she she's justified in asking you know she drops the oh shit line of of the episode of oh were you just waiting to see which side came out on top so oh and and here's here's why i think that exact phrasing is the most important part of that line right she could have say hey did you fight in the war shut up but instead, it wasn't like, you know, you were running supply ships like it, it, it was it could have been something along the line. Hey, you were serving both sides. It could have been anything else where I would have had a little bit more cooth because it's like, oh, you had skin in the game. So it's like, hey, are, are you, you know, uh, private t- like you have people privateering and you privateer from the Empire. But maybe occasionally Empire's like, hey, throw us a bone, you privateer a little bit from the rebels like you steal some of yeah. their ships. 
And I'd have been like, okay, but there was skin in the game. You had something to lose. Mm-hmm. However, when she says, did you just wait around to see who would end up on top? No, you are literally a vulture. Yep. And you didn't want to make any sort of commitment, but now you feel that your voice should be respected as a voice of the people. And uh, Senator Ziona was actually, he's the senator of Hosnian Prime, the mm-hmm. new seat of the New Republic. Because after. That doesn't end well for him. Believe it or not, he actually was not on Hosnian Prime when Fuck! it. Yeah, when it got, got. Hate to break it to you. Uh, co- coincidentally, which makes it even more interesting as to what side he would be serving, he just happened to not be on the planet that the First Order destroyed. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway. He, and so he's been a senator for a while. It's not like the New Republic came around and he was elected. He was actually a senator during the end of the Empire. So okay, up well, until up until Palps dissolved the Senate in A New Hope. So he might have only been a senator for like maybe two to three years. Yeah, probably. Like he, he a newer, I guess a, a newer ish senator. Well, it's it, like it have to be more than that. It's like sixteen years between. 14 to 16 years between three and four. Yep. And then I think it's like two to three years between four and five, four and five. And another, I think it's like two years between, well, two to three years between five and six. I got, yeah, I got to brush up on my timeline stuff. Used to be really great with the timeline. Yeah, I used to. Yeah. And then, you know, Disney released like 18 new shows. And here we are trying to piece the timeline together. How does this fit? Anyway. um, Yeah. You explained it perfectly. He's a vulture. And I think, the other senators with him who I, I didn't catch the names of them all. I don't think they were named. Yes. Yeah, I don't think matter. I think we've reached the point in the galaxy where, Hey, essentially the last 30 or 40 years have just been filled with enough, like nonstop conflict. You had, uh, the blockade around Naboo. And then you had all of these, all of these planets seceding from the Republic during attack of the clones, the clone wars, and then uh, you had the Great Jedi Purge. You had the Empire strengthening its grip. And that's where a lot of insurgencies started. And so you were de- basically dealing with insurgencies all around the galaxy. And then you have the official rebellion kickoff. And then it's another galactic civil war. Mm-hmm. And so you reach the galaxy at this point where I think everybody's like, oh, my God, can we please just stop fighting for three seconds and enjoy some peace? And. That's why you have these senators that are just totally unwilling to authorize any operation against any party. I guess you'd call them the Imperial remnants at this point. Yeah. Um, Which, if you don't deal with the problem, like, I don't know, Imperial fleets being scattered throughout the galaxy or remnants, you're essentially ignoring the greatest threat to your fledgling republic. They literally said fledgling. Like... What are you what are you doing? I, Finish the job. <laughs> I think in the beginning, in the first episode, you said it really shows us where the Republic is at. I think the fact that they're still calling the, refled, the, the Republic a fledgling Republic, I'm going to say, and I, here's the deal. I think we're closer to eight to nine years away. Um, because when we're in this meeting and Hera's talking and she goes, yeah, you're there with your son. And she goes... Jace and about time you freaking name dropped him, by the way, and looks for him. And it's and, and she goes probably off getting in trouble with Chopper. And and I think Hera goes, yeah, I think I'm that lucky right now. And, and it was it was kind of. 
it was I, I like the the familiarity between Mon Mothma, like, oh, you've been a part of this kid's life, General Sindula. Yeah. You talk to her. And they were friends because remember in, in uh, Rebels, you know, the um, Phoenix Squadron is the one who rescued Mon Mothma and brought her to the rebellion. That's so right, I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, it seems like it seemed like Hera was a very big deal on Yavin when they got everybody together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she had that name drop in Rogue One. Uh, over the intercom chopper was in the background too by the way chopper was the first rebels member to make his live action debut in in rogue one huh the ghost was also there too i remember the ghost showing up at the end yes that was one of my favorite moments because i you know it was during the uh during the run of star wars rebels which was on disney xd back in the day which is weird to think about so many years on it uh I was so hyped in the theater for that, by the way. But anyway, uh, great to see Jace, by the way, the son that, you know, Hera's finally <laughs> deciding to show us or talk about. So so now we're going to get back to me dancing around a subject now, right? Oh, great. Here we go again. OK, so no, before I was dancing around a subject, right? Mm-hmm. So you said, why isn't Huang with... Uh, why, why isn't Huang with um, with Luke with Luke? Right. So I'm betting Chase probably has a little bit of force sensitivity. He's Kane son. He has to. Right. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, you should. You should. Um, and. Because like, does not he say like we're going to go meet up with like the Jedi or a Jedi friend or Ahsoka? Like I I like we, we were going to go look for them. And it's like, I I'm like, I want to be, did he say like, I want to be a Jedi like my dad or I want to be a Jedi too? Yeah. He said he wanted to be a Jedi. He wants to be a Jedi. And he was asking if, uh, Sabine was going to be a Jedi. That's Aunt, right. Auntie Sabine, I think. Is, is Auntie Sabine going to be a Jedi? I want to be a Jedi. And Hera kind of goes, I know. And then you watch her get that look. Yep. So here's what I think is going to happen. Jace and Chopper are going to have some hijinks to establish he's his mother's child, highly capable and a very good pilot in his own right. Yep. And his father. And he's going to go want to be with Auntie Sabine to learn how to be a Jedi like her. And Hera's going to be like. Chopper, you need to look after him. Kanan would never forgive me. I think that'll be the name drop or it's going to be like, you're so much like your father. Did I ever tell you? By the way, here's his lightsaber. You're gonna You're end up one. just like your father. <laughs> Hera, probably. I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could do voices. Uh. Uh, but so that's what I think is going to happen. And then I think you know it's it's you know uh, Huang is going to sit there and go, hey, you kind of have your own little order going here, doing your own little Jedi order things. I don't think you need my help to be a teacher. I don't think you need my help to be a master. But you know who probably does? Yeah, probably that Skywalker kid. Out. <laughs> <laughs> and that's or it or 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 I'm getting too old for this. I'm going to go home. Skywalker. Hey, he's 25,000 years old. I don't want I don't want to hear the old excuse. <laughs> you can't be boasting about 75 percent original parts and then be too old for something. Huang. All right. Yeah. He's also if there was a character I'm worried about dying the most on the show, it's Huang, though. I mean, he got cut in half in 
Yeah, I mean, he'll get reassembled at some point, but he's twenty. I, he's twenty five thousand years old. You can't replace a droid that old. <laughs> the end of the episode after he gets like destroyed or loses an arm or something. Oh yeah. Oh, only fifty five percent original parts. Like just the- so. But yeah, so after that scene, you know, Hera gets back to Ahsoka and Sabine's like, hey, when's the fleet going to be here? And Hera's like, yep, you're on your own about this. And you could just see Ahsoka's face like, oh, the Republic not being a help. What a surprise. Um, and then that's when their comms get jammed right yes. after, you know, when, right after uh, Hera delivers the bad news. And then. Surprise. Shin Hati and uh, Merrick, right? Merrick, yeah. The last. And the last Inquisitor. <laughs> nice title. Oh, well, that's what it is on Disney. Like if you oh, is it really? Ads, yeah, it goes Merrick, the last Inquisitor. There's going to be some others around. Okay. Well, uh, it, sure. It's, 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 it's in the like advertisement. Yeah, Luke was the last Jedi. See how that went. <laughs> but. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, and I think like four other ships. They all converged on Ahsoka's uh, very nice Jedi cruiser. And I was going to say that the cockpit, because there was a, a close-up on the cockpit of these of these fighters that, you know, Merrick and, and Shin and, and their soldiers were flying. It almost looked like they were repurposed fighters that the Separatists had at one point. Uh, the cockpit looked like something general, like General Grievous's vessel. It looks like, a, like, yeah, I, I got it, especially when you saw, like, how the wings came down, and it had, like, the, the twin, like, yeah. Grievous's en- engine makes me think of, like, a, a 67 Charger with, like, like the, <laughs> yeah, the hood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, it, it, like, it's a bigger, big Cadillac with the hood. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't think they were the original models, but it looked like maybe they'd been modified. Yeah. And, and Grant, given where the, the era that, uh, you know, that Balin and, and Morgan Elsbeth come from, you know, they grew up in the clone wars it would make sense that they'd have some repurposed separatist mm-hmm. stuff lying around um and they just start going ham on ahsoka's on ahsoka's ship and if you notice the the pilots that were in the other ones they were some of the pilot like stand-in types that were in the last episode of the mandalorian when the mandalorians came to like help save the planet um they were they were that same thing. So I think this is also trying to tie in that pirate threat. Oh, really? Which is how the first order gets get started. Yeah, that's cool. And so here's where I think we we really see the big turning point of the episode is that Ahsoka or you know Ahsoka tells Sabine to get on the back turret, and Sabine, you know, she makes the comments like, "Oh, you know, you wiped out my presets. Love that." And you know, so it was like, I didn't really need them because, you know, you use the force, you can target better. In my day, we call that hacking. It's aimbotting Ahsoka. But, you know, they are faced with their first true master and apprentice test. And Sabine is not doing so hot. She's not, she's missing just about every shot that she's taking. Um, because the way that Ahsoka's flying, She's trying to get Sabine to kind of use the force, hone in on these fighters. You can do it. She, but she even says like anticipate where they're going to yeah, be. Exactly. Like, like that's the force. No, that's not the force. That's that's how that's physics still, work. It's that's still a little bit. I mean, from sure they're like are they're great like turret gunners in Star Wars. Like I think Zeb's 
one of them, for instance. But I really think this was Ahsoka trying to test Sabine to see if she could like hone in on that anticipation. And I think that's the type of anticipation that that requires would be one of a force wielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't work because they're getting shot up like crazy. And I think it was Huang who made the comment of, oh, we're all going to be dead soon yeah, if this keeps up. We're still here. We're not gonna, we're, we'll still be here. Not for much longer. Like, yeah. Makes a few- and you can see you can see Ahsoka as a master realize the situation in there they're in and then make the call and ask Sabine, like, what do you need from me? How can I help you? Yes. And that's where things really start to turn around. Um, I like the back and forth. I like, I love the teamwork between uh, Sabine and Ahsoka for taking out a lot of those fighters. Uh, eventually though, you get close enough to their huge, massive uh, hyperspace ring that has huge turbo lasers. lasers. They looked straight off the ones off Death Star too. Oh like, yeah, it was. It was like okay, you just you just reuse that toy. Oh yeah, yeah, like oh, so nice Imperial tech there. Thank you, thank you for that. And um, it, I think this was the first time we really got to see the uh, the Jedi. Would you call it a Jedi transport? I guess is the best way to. I wouldn't call it like a like Ahsoka ship. Yeah, because it's not a star. It's not a Jedi starfighter because we've seen Jedi starfighter. It's a. It's really just a transport. It's not a fighter. What like I would almost call it like a frigate. Like the ghost is. Almost yeah, like a frigate. It's it's on the level of a frigate, I would yeah. say. So it's it yes, it's nimble. Or a freighter. Like, almost a freighter. like a freight. Yeah. Kind of like a Jedi like an elegant Jedi version of a freighter. Yeah, it's Yes, it's pretty nimble and quick, especially when you compare it to a Star Destroyer. Yeah. However, comma, it's not gonna like if a good A Wing pilot or an X Wing pilot really wants you down, they're, they're gonna, gonna get, get you down, down, yeah. And I think it was really cool seeing how it maneuvered for the first time. It was kind of hurting my eyes, to tell you the truth. Keeping up with how the cockpit was moving versus mm-hmm. the um, the wings. How the wings move, yeah. Oh, man. it! I was, I was watching the episode for like a couple of seconds there. I was getting a little queasy. Well, it's like, like watching, have you ever, like, do you remember how a B-wing flies? Like a B-wing flies like that, but when you rotate, the cockpit stays still. And the. Yeah. And the, but the B-wings are, B-wings are cool. They are, but the thing that makes it so cool is like it's one of those things where if you got directly behind the cockpit of one, it could outmaneuver you because it's going to give you the optical illusion that's moving. But if you just fired, you'd hit the cockpit yeah. right away. Um, anyway, but yeah, I can I can see that it was cool to watch like the rotation almost yeah. as if there was centrifugal. Well, there was centrifugal force. And as this entire scene's going on, Huang's trying to get the to get the ring scanned, which is why they're still gunning for this thing. Uh, because, you know, if you had a droid that wasn't 25,000 years old, he probably could have scanned it from a further distance. But don't tell Huang that, because I don't want him coming after me on this podcast. Um, <laughs> and just as he's about to finish up scanning this thing, they get close enough to the to the hyperspace ring, and they get shot up. And they go off of uh, Morgan, El- you know, they go off the radar of Morgan Elsbeth. And she's like, where are they? Did we get them? Mm-hmm. We hit them. Where are they? Lucky for them, they just happen to be passing right in into the middle of the hyperspace ring. So they're not on the radar for obvious reasons. But Shin's like, hey, you almost got them. Which I loved. I loved the apprentice humor. It, it felt very, very close to like, hey, yeah, we're helping you. But don't 
don't think that like you own us. Like we're like we're we're still better than you. You you I could still feel that from like that would have been, been a younger Ahsoka. Oh yeah, that would have been a younger Anakin. Um, that would have been an older Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been Anakin. Oh yeah, Anakin just be doing it. Anakin was still being a Jedi. Oh yeah, just be Anakin. And so, you know, Huang gets knocked out as he's trying to get the scan. They lose all power, and it's a. Uh, it's like an it's an oh shit moment. Yes. And so Ahsoka's like, hey, I'm going to try to stall them. Try to get the ship up however you can. Yeah, get it, get us moving. I don't care Which what is good is. because Sabine's like a, a pretty good mechanic. That's yep. the role she she served in Rebels. Uh, and then we get Ahsoka in her space suit, suit shenanigans. By the way, hold on. Ahsoka space suit. 10 out of 10. Love that oh, outfit. Look great Amazing. Really good costume. Yeah. Amazing costume design. And it was immediately called back to the episode of the Clone Wars with Plo Koon and they, the Shadow of the Malevolence yes. arc, one of the, I think it was the first Clone Wars arc, actually. One of the very first arcs of the Clone Wars was, because uh, Troy Daria was one episode in the beginning. Yeah. And then it like does a couple like episodes mm-hmm. and then it does the Malevolence the arc, Malevolence, which yeah. was such, which is such a good arc in Clone Wars. Great arc. Uh, but in this arc in the Clone Wars, Plo Koon, is in a is in an escape pod with clones. They're the only ones left, and there are these droids who are are just like killing every escape pod that's out there in this. The, in the this droid wreckage. crashers, the pod crashers. Yes. Yeah. And they're trying to restore power to their escape pod to try to get out of there or to contact somebody. Run out of time, and Plo Koon goes out there, and uh, one of the clones is like, "Why are you doing this?" for us you know like we're just clones sir you know like we're meant to be expendable and Flo Koon's all like not to me and then, and then he's fighting in space because uh Flo Koon's species who I'm I'm blanking on his species is the name of it uh, but he can breathe through a mask for a short time so he can like you know he can live in space for a hot second and so he's on the top of this escape pod and he's Keldor 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 I don't think I actually knew that probably maybe I did at one point but yeah, so he, you know, he's fighting off these droids in space. Super cool. And I thought Ahsoka doing that was a very great callback to the Clone Wars. Loved seeing it. Uh, you know, Ahsoka's just kind of dancing around as these fighters are just trying to shoot her up. So this is where I'm going to give my big issue with Dave. Uh, with Dave. I've been waiting for this. I've been in suspense as long as you guys. He would not tell me this beforehand. The lasers obviously come in sizes. I'm going to use caliber because that's the closest thing that we have. Yeah. All right. I'd say power level. Either way. (laughs) Neither here nor there. We have seen Jedi try to deflect a goddamn laser from a ship or a Sith or anything. And guess what happens? They typically get knocked back like they do a deflection or two. I don't even think it lets you do it in Star Wars Force Awakens. And because it, it's just like the, the idea of this blast coming at you would be like a 50 cal where it's like, oh, I can deflect it. But the force of the laser hitting your laser is going to set it back into your chest. And Ahsoka's out there like pew, pew. And then only at the end, after deflecting several shots, does, does she, she get, get knocked, back? knocked off. So, OK, I have a I have reasoning. I'm going to support and defend my guy, Dave, from okay. your malicious attacks on this on this show 
<laughs> the one that we agreed on. This one. What was my other one? Uh, so, and I saw this. I saw some people complaining about this online. It's like, how many ships can that? You know, how many shots can that ship take? These the fighters that that Merrick and Chin and you know their soldiers are flying. They they have like pea shooters is the best way I can explain it. They in terms of lasers, they have pea shooters. On they were the thing. equivalent of like blaster bolts. Not. Yeah, and that's kind yeah. Of what I they're think. not. We're not talking turbo lasers like really great quality. You know, great quality craft. I mean, those ships are really only meant to. I'd say like they're the equivalent of like the civil air patrol you're defending like they're just defending the system. You yeah. know, it's, it's a, it's a patrol craft. It's nothing serious. Uh, however, you know, they were able to get Ahsoka's ship after many shots because like the deflectors finally gave way. Cause that's how deflector shields work in star Wars. You know, they, they need to recharge after a certain point. They can only take so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the reason that Ahsoka can really deflect a lot of these is because one, she's freaking Ahsoka. She's, on the level of a Jedi master at this point, I'd say, I'd say she could take anybody in save for maybe Luke. <laughs> Actually, no, I take that back. I think Ahsoka would win that fight. Cause she knew how to, she knew how Anakin fought. I'm telling you four out of five times. I think Ahsoka yeah, would win. I think you're right. We're not going to revisit that, that, uh, that debate of last episode. Thank you very much. But so, yeah, I see the issue that you have. But you're wrong. And that that was my... And you should feel bad. No, I'm not. It, that, was, that was how I was feeling. I was like, okay, maybe they're smaller. And then I'm also like, but why would you not at least have like a, a small cannon on it? Like just something more substantial than that. Yeah. Because if anything, if anything bigger than that ship came into that and could fire on the ring from a distance they would not be able to defend it. But that also now is like, well, that's why it's so remote. So people can't just come yeah. in and be like, we got you. Kind of convenient that the new Republic didn't authorize this fleet, huh? Yeah. Jerks. But yeah, overall. Oh, hey, wait, I'm sorry. I'm forgetting the biggest part of the episode. Uh, they go on to Denam after getting the power restored to the ship. You, you know, Huan completes the scan and he's basically like, Hey, there hasn't been a hyperspace ring that's ever been built on this scale. Great. And uh, in their push to escape Merrick and Shin, they end up flying into into the atmosphere of Denab. Or Denab? Denab, Denab. It's and he, neither here nor there. And why, while they're in the atmosphere of this planet, uh, freaking Purgil show up. Which is natural for them to show up to, to that system. Because that's where they naturally make their jump from this galaxy to the galaxy that Thrawn and Ezra are are stuck on. Yes, I thought they looked beautiful. I, given this is their like first big live action mm-hmm. reveal. I mean, they were in the Mandalorian for a split second. It was a not, shadow with yeah. water. Love me my space whales so much. Purgil are are precious. They made me like Ezra more <laughs> because he could connect with them. I I like that. The idea is that he figured out they, they communicate on like a radio frequency. Yeah. Because there's technically no sound ish in space. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, they have to do this. They also, uh, I thought they did a really great job showing, I guess, 
would you call them tendrils or tentacles or I say tendrils maybe they're like they kind of move almost like because when they when they flap out and before they go jump into light speed they fan out almost like a squid taking off yeah okay so tentacles tentacles yeah I thought it was really cool how Sabine and Ahsoka were using the uh, the tentacles to like mask their escape into the Mm -hmm. forest and uh that planet is so pretty, by the way. That forest. Oh, the red trees, like forever red, forever fall. Yeah, it looked. It looked. Um, it looked really, really cool. It and it also, I'm like, oh, yeah. It, it's like Dathomir. There's a lot of red there. Yeah. I'm betting it's orbiting a red, uh, red giant star. Mm-hmm. Um, to give it that, to give it that, um, that look. I also, I was gonna say, I also found it very fortunate that. Ahsoka was, you know, standard Jedi colors, you know, like red and red and white. I guess more like Republic colors. Mm-hmm. And you just so happen to have a forest that's red. Yes. <laughs> Great place to sit down your ship because in any other forest you stick out like a sore thumb. Well, I also think it's like it, it's kind of, you know, the ship wasn't smoking. They didn't see it go down. They're not in helicopters where they can really like give it a good look over. And you got to think, how long were you guys on patrol? How long was that battle? Yeah. You know, fuel like I was like, OK, you guys did the smart thing to regroup yeah. because, you know, they have to come to you. So it did show Shin had like she has some knowledge of how to win a fight. Um, and I kind of want to talk about the uh, the red herring in the room. OK, which one? So towards the end of at the very end of the training, and I, I missed it because we, we got into other things. Uh, Ahsoka tells Sabine like, hey, you know, she's like, how's the force? And she goes, a talent has a lot to do with it naturally talented people in the force are going to be able to use it better. And she sits there and she, and she pulls a cup towards her with the force and slides it along. Um, and <laughs> I forgot the funniest I, scene. I wish that cup moved a little bit more fluid. I think it, I think that's the only thing I would really change was like, you guys should reshoot that. So that cup glides effortlessly to her hand. Yeah. Um, you know, mastering that. I don't think, I think maybe she was just trying to like not rub it in okay. at that point. But no, to your point, I would love to see it a little bit more effortlessly. Uh, and then she gets up and she goes, start smaller. In which case, we see Sabine try to just move the cup, wiggle the cup. Just a little bit. And the cup doesn't move. Yeah. And she smacks the table when she's like going to like check up because Hera's calling. And she goes, you win this time. <laughs> and then it cuts back to the cup. And the cup still doesn't move. So my project prediction is jace is going to show up the cup's going to be sitting there and sabine's going to be focusing trying to make the cup and jace, like, what are you doing like oh well, I'm, I'm trying to use the force to make the cup come to me and he's like use the force to make the cup come to you he's like yeah that's what jedi can do blah 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 people are like oh well my dad was a jedi he could do that can i try and it's going to move for him of course it is like you're i think you're going to see them both doing it and it's going to wiggle. Yeah. And it's going to be because he's there. And it's going to be this point of, hey, there are different Jedi. It doesn't make you less or anything else yeah. than the other. Yeah, I think that I just think that was the red herring. And they're trying to be like, no, Sabine's. And I think she's never going to be more than Donnie Yen, where it's like she can sense the force and the force is her ally. But she cannot. She wield can it, use the force, but she not wield, wield it. it. Yeah, I hope so. I really I really hope that's where Dave goes with this. And I'd like to think that he's smart enough not to make a non-force-wielding character a force-wielder. Yeah. 
because he went to great lengths to prevent that in Rebels. So hopefully he's just playing playing with us. At this I, point. I, I think because we've watched Rebels, that's going to be the, the big tick for it. Um, and um, I'm hoping Jace doesn't go with Luke because that means he probably be dies dead. Yeah. And I would rather him be like off with Hera and or not. Yeah, like off with Hera and Ahsoka dealing with Thrawn leading into the First Order. I'm really hoping that Ezra is the one to train him because that would be that'd be very poetic in my mind that his father's apprentice is and is going to be the one who ends up training him. But it also really depends on how we find Ezra and how what's exactly going on where him and Thrawn are. You know, there's there's so much that we don't know about what's going on over there that I really hope we see soon. I think Ezra is going to be a little bit more like Thrawn. And he's going to be far stronger in the force because of it. Because Thrawn's good at naturally like anticipating, predicting people's moves. Uh, just intuit on the situation. I um, could almost see them teaming up together I, on. I almost wonder if there's some sort of external threat that they're more worried about than getting back to our galaxy, I, which would be interesting. I think that's what's going to be, or it's going to be, Hey, we found a realm between which, you know, that's how they're going to get back per se is because it's going to be, Hey, there's a gate from here to here. And, blow up the ship we can't have them follow if they, they could follow us back but they can't see where we came from mm-hmm. and so it's like you got to destroy the hyperdrive and that's going to be kind of how they end up like pushing them back or figuring out how to how to stop them there were a lot of theories online and i think we could probably finish up here is that maybe thrawn is going to be the hero of all of this because if you think about it, there's no other commander that's more experienced, tactical, uh, or overall just capable. Yeah. I love I love Hera to death. She's great. She's nowhere on the level Thrawn, Thrawn is. I don't think anyone in the galaxy would be saved for maybe Anakin in his heyday. And even that's debatable. I think... I think Thrawn ultimately wins wars. He might lose battles to Hera. He might lose battles to Anakin. But he would he would always end up winning the war. Yeah, he'll dissect you and then hit at your weakness. And there you go. Boom. I'm excited to see him. And I'm really excited to see where the show is going to go. Episode three, while I'm a little bit worried about where the whole force thing goes, like you, I'm more I'm more on that worried plane too. I also think we really got to see the characters kind of settle in with one another, work off of each other more, especially when faced with conflict. And that makes me really excited for for what we're gonna see. I think the episode kinda to to end similar to uh episode four, where Obi-Wan and Darth Vader finally face off after years of never seeing each other. And it's like they, they, they touch the tips a couple times. Um, it's not about the training. It's not about the fight. It's about what's said during the training and the fight. So if you guys enjoyed this, please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please go ahead and drop a sub here on 
uh, your podcast platform of choice, the Wrong Button Podcast. Give us a thumbs up. Let us know if you like it. Remember, you're all winners out there. Keep it weird. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And stay away from Huang. <laughs>